94.7 QDR and another QCast. We're really excited uh, coming up January 5th as we kick off 2019. Uh, We've been doing that traditionally the last couple of years with our Happy Q Year concert. Uh, This year we're excited to have Granger Smith, John Langston, Seth Ennis. Uh, And this show is not only to kind of get the year rolling, uh, but it's also to help support uh, a great cause, which is uh, helping out organizations working with foster kids and adoption services across North Carolina. Uh, one of those is the Children's Home Society of North Carolina. We've got Betsy Seaton here, who is uh, your official title. Direct, uh, title is Director of Community Engagement, correct? Yes, that's correct. That's all right. And then uh, we also have Sarah Peters, who uh, lives in Youngsville. Welcome. Thank you. You can get a little closer to the mic. Okay. Thank Just a little you. bit closer. There you go. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> And so you are a parent who not only has two kids of your own, well, you actually have four kids of your own. Yeah. You have two biologic and two that you've adopted. Correct. So we're going to talk uh, about what you've gone through as a, as a parent going through the adoption process, uh, what life is like uh, as an adoptive parent. And, uh, and Betsy, we'll just talk to you about what, what's going on with, uh, with Children's Home Society and what you guys are looking forward to for 2019, uh, kind of the ups and downs and what you need help with because the show that we're doing on January 5th is really to kind of, you know, not only raise money, which is always needed, uh, but also to help build awareness for what you guys are doing. And I would assume that that's always good to bring more Absolutely. more awareness Absolutely. to what's happening. <laughs> uh, how many kids right now currently in foster care would you say in North Carolina? Right now we are um, more than 11,000 children in foster care. More than 11,000. Okay. Yeah. And when I started at CHS three years ago, we were at 8,500. So that is an increase of about a thousand children in foster care every year. So what leads to that that growth? I mean, uh, obviously a variety of reasons. But. There's a there's a ton of different reasons. Um, some people look towards the opioid epidemic. Um, most of the children that we see come into care, um, it's because of neglect, and uh, and so we also work with programs that help keep families together. So if we can help a family actually get the right tools to learn how to be better parents, to be better people of the community. Um, we have a program that does that. We have a prevention arm that works to keep those families together. If that um, is not the outcome that is possible, then uh, we find those children, their forever family with someone who is going to love them and cherish them. How do you start that process of trying to keep a family together like that? So DSS will notify us and they will have said, you've got about a month to to get back in line and to show us that you are going to um, really commit and try to be better parents, to try, try to be a family. Uh, so we send in a social worker upwards of 20 hours a week. Uh, they work very intensely with them for about a month. And they can help them with hurdles of uh, maybe they need transportation to get to a job. Maybe they need coaching to get a job. Maybe they need help with uh, alcoholism or drug abuse. Um Whatever that hurdle for that particular family is, they address that uh, very quickly and just tackle it right away. Uh, this program, um, they get about 28 days with this family. And then um, and it's have, intense, it's right? Very intense. Yeah. I and mean, so they can have a maximum of about two caseloads a, mo- a month because yeah. you're working 20 hours with one, 20 hours with another. I mean, you're on call. All the time. All the time. 24-7. I mean, something happens at 3 o'clock in the morning, you've right. got to respond to it. You're there. Yeah. And when you look at this program, after this month is over, it has a 99% success rate wow. of keeping a family together. What do you attribute that success rate to? Well, I think that um, there's no manual on how to be a parent. There's yeah. no guide. There's, That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> just trying to make it make it, uh, make it, it happen, make it just work. figure it out and as you go along. Exactly. That's... Exactly. And um, 
if there's a hurdle, you know, I heard of a family recently um, in the western part of the state that uh, they found out their house was infested in mold. Ugh. And like so many of us, you know, one you you could be one paycheck away from from ruin, from yeah. from losing it all. And so then they lose their house. And when they lose their house, they don't have a place to go. And then they're about to lose their kids. They're a loving, wonderful family. They just didn't, they just have, have, they yeah. didn't have the resources. And so CHS helped them find an apartment. They helped them get to um, they help them pay for the deposit um, and just get back on their feet. And that family is thriving. And those three children will grow up with their biological family, knowing their family being able to to stay where they are and not experience the trauma of going into foster care. Um, when you look at what this does for the state and for taxpayer dollars, it saves us about $15 million a year. And you guys are your own organization. You work with the state. You're not part of the state, correct? Right, right. Yeah. we are a 501c3. Yeah. So you you depend on people to, you know, I mean, you got to raise money throughout the year, right? I mean, Absolutely. That's, that's a big part of what you're in part of uh, your role, right? I mean, Absolutely. getting out there. And- so we always say our two biggest needs right now are families and funding. Uh, I just learned a new stat recently that it costs CHS about $10,000 just to recruit 25 families. Wow. 25 foster families. And that's, yeah, it's it's amazing money. And, and so when you think about those families coming in and finding um, the kiddos and the kiddos finding their parents and it's a beautiful story. Um, but when you look at just the marketing and the, the staff time and all of that, uh, it adds up. So we're always looking for help financially. Um, but also, have you ever thought about being a foster parent or an yeah. adoptive parent? Those 11,000 kiddos in this state, you know, they need somewhere to land. And whether they get reunited with their biological family or they go on to be adopted, uh, they just need somebody that loves them and well, that, that foster home them. can be even more important in that situation because they need somewhere solid to land. Right. And so I'm sure, you know, to be a foster parent, there's quite a process to be approved and, and to go through that. There's a bit. Uh, you know, it takes on average about four to six months. Yeah. Um, so there's a pretty intense background check. Um, there's a pretty um, pretty long, lengthy interview process. And Sarah, you may be able to talk a little bit yeah. more about your personal experience. But um, you go through some very good training. Um, so we're not just going to throw you in there right. <laughs> try to figure There's it some out, kids, figure it yeah. out. <laughs> so um we really try to give our families the resources and then also making sure that that you have kind of wraparound services so if you need help um finding a mattress we've got people that can can give you a discount we've got yeah. lots of community partners that can that can really provide um and make this process as easy and seamless as possible here with betsy seaton director of community engagement for children's home society of north carolina and also sarah peters who uh, is in youngsville and so did you start out uh as a foster parent and then decided to adopt or was adoption kind of always something you were looking Ad- to do adoption was always our goal we had two biological children already when we started the foster care licensing process um, we knew it could be a challenge overlapping uh, biological or existing children in the home with adoptive or foster children but we knew that we were supposed to do this there was no doubt in our mind so yeah. we we did whatever it took to what, what, to what was that what was that trigger point where you guys just kind of one day were like you know what? we we need to be doing this well, I always knew I wanted to adopt, yeah. even since I was a teenager. Really? I didn't know Good that I you. could have biological children. And even though I, we ended up being able to, that desire never changed. We always wanted to adopt, even after having um, our own uh, biological children. So talk a little bit about the process when you, you know, to get 
you know, as she was talking about the screening process to become a foster care yeah. parent. And then the first time you invite a child that's not your own into mm-hmm. your house, house and, and what that transition was like. Well, we started out by going to the Wake County Human Services when they had an info meeting for foster and adoptive, anyone that was interested in that. And uh, that's where we met CHS or were first introduced to them. We were connected with our first social worker who ended up actually retiring in the middle of our case. Uh. So it did take a little bit longer than four to six months for our license to finish up. But um, once that was done, we were placed with foster children that we knew weren't adoptable, but we were licensed as a foster home. We wanted to be useful, even though we knew that these children would not one day become our adopted children. Um, and then eventually we were placed with the two that are currently, well, they're ours. <laughs> so, you're, yeah, so the two yeah. that you've adopted started out as foster kids in your house. Correct, yeah. yes. We fostered them for about a year, but the goal with them was always adoption. So how so, how how long ago was that? It was Christmas Eve that they moved in three years ago. Wow. In 2015. So yes. what was Christmas Eve three years ago like when these two kids come into your house? and It was a beautiful, tragic yeah. thing to experience. Um, this says this was their third foster home. We were their third foster home. And, um, but we knew it was because we knew that our goal with them was adoption. We were able to provide a sense of security with, for them. And, um, looking at it from an adult standpoint, what a great thing to know. They don't really know what's going on. Yeah, their world has been rocked so many times. Right, and um, but to do specific things to help them feel like this is this is a safe place. This is I can this is my room. This is my bed. Like this is mine. It's crazy for us to wrap our minds around what's going on in their head during these times. I imagine uh, your kids were prepared for this to happen. So I would imagine on their side, you know, they. Transition. They were very young, yeah. Too, um, but, but kids are even so, like, though they were young, we had always talked about it. Right. It had. It wasn't. Nor, it wasn't weird or strange that this was going to happen, because we kind of normalized it by saying, yeah. and they also, we did things together to work toward adopting and fostering. So, how long did it take your kids to kind of consider them brothers and sisters? Honestly, it, and I know that this is not necessarily the norm, but very quickly. Yeah. They they started, my girls started calling each other sis from day one and bro. Yeah. <laughs> and this is not something that we necessarily yeah. suggested or put in their head. They just started doing it. And to this day, it's, you know, it's been three years since it was finalized. And uh, they have, they share some beautiful relationships. That's I'm awesome. So grateful. Uh, Betsy Seaton, I'm going to turn uh, back to you here for a, a minute. Uh, Director of Community Engagement for Children's Home Society of North Carolina. Um, what can we do to have more stories like that? Well, you know, building stronger communities. When you look at the when you look at the life of a community, the family is really at the heart of this. That strong families make strong communities, and whatever we can do to strengthen those families, um, you know. We're best known for our foster care and adoption and uh, prevention work, but we also do teen pregnancy prevention. Yeah. Um, we work with um, we work with some youth called it's called SASO, uh, which works with uh, older youth in foster care that may have aged out. Um, but I think providing these resources, I think being being kind to our neighbor, loving our neighbor, that's so important. But um, but what you can do on a level for where we are right now is 
Um, you can always visit our website, which is chsnc.org. <laughs> I'm going to plug, plug that in there. The uh, but um, there you can find, you know, Sarah talks about information sessions. If this is something that anybody's ever thought of, you can go there and visit. Um, I was just recently looking up the dates for this, and so we've got one. Um, I'm not sure when this will air, but we've got one December 20th, so really soon. Um, but then we have some in January. We have them about once a month. Um, and so you can come and kind of dip your toe in the water and see if foster care is right for you. You can help connect us with people in your community. Um, maybe it's your um, civic or faith group. Maybe it's um, maybe it's your gardening club. Whatever it is, we love to come out and talk about CHS and the good work that we're doing. But you never know who you're going to meet that has been quietly thinking about foster care. Not not everybody's like Sarah has, mm-hmm. has known forever that they wanted to adopt or foster. But um, sometimes it's that kind of sneaking suspicion in the back yeah. of your head of, I want to make a difference. I want to help a kid. And uh, the, the wonderful thing about CHS is these kids are here. These kids are here in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They could be... They could be down your street. They could be a couple blocks away. Um, and these are kid that, kids that need our help. And, uh, and so that, that's kind of the immediate thing. Um, always, like I said before, funding. You can go online as well at chsnc.org um, and make a donation. Um, we have events here um, in the Triangle area and across the state that you can get involved with. Um, but I think it's really this, um, this grassroots level of turning us ourselves around as a community and saying, I want to help. I want to provide for the kids. I want to make better families. I uh, could add to that. Yeah, actually, yeah, absolutely. The, I know that it can be an intimidating thought. Like you might have had, uh, had the thought of maybe doing foster care or adopting, but haven't actually made any action toward doing that or getting more information. These info meetings and these fairs that, are they happen regularly it's non-committal like there is no pressure there it's just information given so if that would might be a next step for anybody that might be considering foster care um again here with betsy seaton uh director of community engagement for the children's home society of north carolina and sarah peters who's an adoptive parent and have you uh, during the process of being adoptive parent and foster foster parent uh do you have a community of other families like you what is that relationship like with other families and how has that helped just during the process? During what's called our MAP training, that it is it becomes a very close-knit group. You get to know each other very well. You hear life stories and, and hopes and what you think that this foster care and adoptive journey will look like. I mean, as we all sit around the table being trained yeah. for whatever comes, um, we are still in contact with a few of the families from our from that class, but also... When you become uh, an adoptive and foster parent, you kind of your community just kind of uh, naturally comes together. I was going to say you're probably part of this. Like, I mean, you're right. part of a, a very elite community. I would say. I mean, these are people who have decided. Well, I, I would yeah. say. That. I mean, you, you've decided to open up your home to to a child or more. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty special thing and a pretty big commitment to make. Yeah, so. and I honestly wish it wasn't the exception um, yeah. because it, there is such a need. We need to tackle this need as a state, as a community. Um, there shouldn't be any foster kids out there, to be honest with yeah. you. But, I <laughs> mean, it's, it's, it's always going to be something. Yes, that, I mean, it it's, will. It's, but it's never something that we can just completely get rid of. But No, but. I, yeah, but I, yeah, I know. That, you know, I yeah, just want to, like, put that out. Like, let's be brave. Yeah. Let's make, make that big step and, and, and be the answer to the problem. We've, uh, my wife and I have, I don't think seriously have talked about it, but we've kind of like 
you know, when we first started having kids, we've got two of our own, five and two, and there was a couple conversations where we were like, you know, should we have a three, you know, number three? And I was like, eh, I don't know, maybe we adopt. <laughs> you know, yes. <laughs> kind of in jest. Yeah, but, the know, answer same, is yes. Yeah, but at the same time, I'd be open to that, I think. But, you know, the idea of it, I think, is probably, at least to us, we're very open to the idea of it, but I don't know if we'd actually follow through with it. And so I ca- what's that... What would you say to someone who is kind of in maybe that process where they, you know, you just kind of casually think about it. It's not totally ruled out, but you're not sure you can make that next step to I go. I think it just starts with the conversation. Yeah. Like you said, you just kind of ingest. Yeah. Maybe you mentioned it to your wife. But yeah. um, if you actually kind of pursue a conversation, like hash out yeah. what she's thinking, because you absolutely have to be on the same page with your partner. You well, can't do this halfway. We, she's got a together. really good friend who went through a very long process they uh and they went through private adoption mm-hmm. um and it took a long time mm-hmm. you know but they finally got their kid who was meant to be their kid you know and right. i think everything happens mm-hmm. for a reason and i know that journey can be a real struggle mm-hmm. especially if you're um going to be a first-time parent as an adoptive parent Absolutely. you know you're just waiting yeah. for that miracle to happen mm-hmm. and there's some and we so we got to kind of witness that that struggle for them. And that was tough. I I mean, not everyone can handle that kind of, you know, disappointment, but ultimately it wasn't a disappointment because, you know, the right thing at all. Yeah. Every struggle. Um, well, very cool. I appreciate you guys coming in and spending time with us. Is there anything else that you haven't said that you kind of like to throw out there that, you know, we haven't covered or, um, some words of wisdom for anyone and just, no, I, the one thing I will say is that Children's Home Society is here. We have a very long history. We have um, more than 100 years of history in North Carolina. Um, and we're here in Raleigh, but we have like 13 different offices. Um, so even if this, uh, if you hear this conversation, and this spans across your family that maybe is living in Charlotte or in Winston or in Wilmington, um, we're there. We're, we're a very comprehensive agency that can, that can help people um, all across the state. And uh, it's it sounds it can sound scary, but like Sarah says, it 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 makes the biggest difference. It changes your life. Uh, these children, the only reason that they're in foster care is because some adult somewhere has let them down. And um, and so we want to we want to either help that adult get back on their feet or um, or find them somebody that is going to be there for them unconditionally and love those kids the way that they deserve to be loved. What's the average time for foster care for a kid? A year and a half. A year and a half. A year and a half. And so that is regardless of if they're reunited with their biological family or if they um, are adopted. Uh, but you can see, especially as children get older, um, when you when you look at the ages about um, when a child turns about nine, um, it becomes uh, they begin to languish in foster care. And uh, and so. One thing I will add is that uh, CHS really tackles that. Um, we have some very specialized recruiters that address um, our older children. And uh, it's funded through Wendy's Wonderful Kids, the Dave Thomas Foundation. Yeah. And uh, this really focuses on those kiddos. And through this program, they have three times more likely chance of being adopted. And uh, it just is a really specialized approach. Um, so a year and a half is how long they have to be with a foster parent, or that's the average time? Just that the average time okay. they stay with so, a foster parent. So, I mean, somebody, you could end up fostering a kid for... Four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 
And like Sarah said, so they might go back with their biological family if that family can is showing improvement and wants to reunify. But uh, right now, I think it's about 3,500 kids um, across the state. Out of that 11,000 number we were talking about earlier, 3,500 of those, um, their parents have terminated their rights or have lost their their rights. Um, and so they, those children are just waiting. They're just waiting for a home. They're just waiting for a family to come in and be the right match for them. It's, it's an just, overwhelming it's, number. I know. I'm just sitting here thinking about being a kid and you're just, I mean, yeah. what, what they must think or feel. Well, and for those you know, of, through that process, because here are my parents who either d- chose to say, I don't want to be your parent anymore, mm-hmm. which I, I mean, I don't even know how a parent even makes that decision, mm-hmm. but I can't put myself in the shoes of someone who's going through whatever it is they're going mm-hmm. through where they have to make that tough decision. And maybe they're making it because they feel like that's the best thing for their child. When you think about that, it's... Uh they're just kids. Yeah. They're just sweet kids that just need somebody to, to give them a hug and to tell them they're doing a good job and just to be there to catch them when they fall. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, that's that's how you turn a bad situation into a good situation or a mm-hmm. potentially bad situation. Because, yeah, I'd imagine that. I mean, and I don't know if you if there's a stat for this, but how many kids, the longer they hang out in foster care, you know, what is the percentage of like when that kid gets older, like they get themselves into bad situations and in trouble? So and- when you look at the number of children that age out each year, it's about 500 children that age out uh, each year without a family. Uh, and so the odds that they face are pretty insurmountable. Yeah. Uh, there is. And is um, there anything for them once they age out? Is there other, is there other programs where they can kind of step mm-hmm. into? So CHS has just merged with a company. Um, a corporation called SESA, which it stands for Strong Abled Youth Speaking Out. And this is for children that have been in the out-of-home care system, um, so maybe a group home, but maybe foster care too, that are ages 14 to 24. And uh, that is the only requirement you can join. There's free membership, um, and it's a completely youth-led organization. Their entire board um, is children or young adults that have been in foster care, so they can really advocate for themselves and uh, and they are working on um, – anyways, we're so excited to have them as a part of CHS now. Yeah. But uh, they are there for those kiddos the, the or those adults. <laughs> you know, at 24, um, I still consider a 24-year-old very young. <laughs> but, uh, but when you think about it, it's, it gives them um, a family, a, a resource to lean back on of how do I budget? How do I navigate housing? Um, especially maybe they're navigating Section 8 housing. And that's not something that's easy. And, uh, and so teaching them um, how, to, how to balance a checkbook, um, just simple life skills that yeah. maybe got missed somewhere that along they didn't the way. Get it. Yeah, because they mm-hmm. didn't have that, that mentoring growing right, up. Yeah. Right. And so this allows um, children that have been going through similar situations um, to be there for them, to talk to them, to get them through this, um, in addition to their um their you know their family even if they are adopted if they have if they are reunited with their biological family it still gives them a place to go where people understand what they've gone through um betsy seaton with the children's home society of north carolina and sarah peters an adoptive parent out of youngsville um your two adoptive kids um do they have family their their natural family that are involved at all in their lives at all we actually didn't find out until our adoption was nearly finalized that there was an aunt yeah um that wanted to be part of their life and we have a close relationship with her now and they're actually coming over on saturday to i was i was gonna ask christmas is coming up i was just curious yeah. yeah and celebrate christmas with us it's 
um, it's a great thing to have that ex, you know, extended family involved. Uh, sometimes it's not a healthy relationship. In right. that case, we, we have a healthy relationship that we want to encourage. So That's, that's awesome. And it sounds like you guys have just made an amazing amazing situation for for these two kids and it's not us huh it's not you <laughs> it's not us come on you we're made... really grateful for <laughs> yeah for the experience and opportunity yeah, the, you, the fact that you guys opened your home and opened your hearts to do this i mean well, you, you did that so you gotta give yourself some credit yeah God. we need more people like sarah <laughs> we need You're more too people i am working hard on some friends <laughs> right now do you, yeah, do you do you put the peer pressure on your friends like <laughs> no i don't like, you guys don't know what you're missing out on over here like, <laughs> no we just live out our life in front of them and they can yeah. maybe be inspired by that, that but, awesome. and then if i have an opportunity like this to share our story yeah might might encourage somebody to make that phone call or that next step uh well thank you guys both so much for taking the time to thank you to hang thank out you for having tell us, us more about thank your you. story and what children's home society is doing and we're looking forward to january 5th our happy q year show uh where that money that's raised uh you guys will get a portion of that uh we're also helping out agape and methodist home for kids um the money that you guys will receive from that show like what, how will you apply that what there's so many things that you guys yeah. need funding for so I'm going to go into a little bit of fundraiser speak here, okay. but uh, what this goes to is called unrestricted funds, which allows us to use those funds for wherever the need is greatest. Um, so if that is helping, um, if that's helping finalize an adoption, um, it takes about six thousand dollars to complete one adoption. Wow! Um, and that's is because that the cost to you guys. That's the cost that that CHS has. What's the cost to somebody who's adopting? So if you are adopting a child out of foster care, it is close to nothing. I think there's. A hundred and twenty dollar application fee. Are you serious? I'm so serious. It is. Um, you know, when you think about, you hear about these astronomical numbers, um, but when you're um, when you adopt a child out of foster care, it is very, very. Um, it's very cheap. So basically, you're going to get a free kid. <laughs> you got to pass through a lot of hoops. Yeah, uh, well, well, yeah. obviously. But uh, but yeah, so so that's something that that CHS and that that our supporters and our funders allow us to be able to do yeah. is um, to really take some of those costs and and make sure that we can deliver this degree of excellency and um, ease to our families. Yeah. And so. Um, so when you're you're looking at that, that could do that. It could um, it could help us with uh, about twenty five hundred dollars to keep one of those families together. We're talking about the prevention arm earlier. Um, it, it costs about twenty five hundred dollars to fund that to fund one family keeping them together. Hmm. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of different ways you can break it down. Yeah. But uh, it allows us to be nimble, and it allows us to even as uh, two hundred and fifty plus. Um, employee organization that's 100 years old, we we can still be innovative and quick and um, yeah. on the cutting edge. And so it's a it's a huge help. We could not do this work without um, without supporters like you guys or um, without the support of our community. Well, good deal. Well, good luck with uh, with 2019. Thank Let's you. Let's get some kids some homes. Yes. yes. Let's get them out of foster care. Let's find let's more. Let's get people. them stable. Yeah. Let's get more. Uh, do you want some more kids, Sarah? Yeah. Are you? Are you? Right, you hold on, wait, wait, hold on, wait. Let's get close to that. Mic. Are you gonna? Are you gonna maybe adopt more? We would like to. Really? Yeah. Good for you Not guys. right now, no. but <laughs> yeah, our life is a little full. But yeah. when they're a little older, a little more independent, we maybe would love to take in like some more age. younger ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
or kids that are aging out of the system be their cheerleaders as they go off to college and have you, a place to come home. Do you think holidays. you'll stop or will you just keep going in terms of like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm not ready to stop yet. Yeah, so. good for you. That's awesome. All right, we need more people like Sarah. <laughs>